Welcome to Ordinary Girl Podcast. Sri Sai Satcharitra Chapter 2 In the last chapter, the author mentioned in the original Marathi book that he would state the reason that led him to undertake the work and the persons qualified to read the same and such other points. Now, in this chapter, he starts to tell the same. Object of writing the work In the first chapter, I described Sai Baba's miracle of checking and destroying the epidemic of cholera by grinding wheat and throwing the flour on the outskirts of the village. I heard other miracles of Sai Baba to my great delight, and this delight burst forth into this poetic work. I also thought that the description of these grand miracles of Sai Baba would be interesting and instructive to his devotees and would remove their sins and so I began to write the sacred life and teachings of Sai Baba. The life of the saint is neither logical nor dialectical. It shows us the true and great path. Incapacity and boldness in undertaking the work Himit Pant thought that he was not a fit person to undertake the work. He said, I do not know the life of my intimate friend, nor do I know my own mind. Then how can I write the life of a saint or describe the nature of incarnations which even the Vedas were unable to do? One must be a saint himself before he could know other saints. Then how can I describe their glory? To write the life of a saint is the most difficult, though one may as well measure the depth of the water of the seven seas or enclose the sky with cloth trappings. I knew that this was the most venturous undertaking, which might expose me to ridicule. I, therefore, invoked Sai Baba's grace. The premier poet, saint of Maharashtra, Shri Gnaneshwar Maharaj, has stated that the Lord loves those who write the lives of saints. And the saints also have a peculiar method of their own of getting the service, which the devotees long for successfully accomplished. The saints inspire the work. The devotee becomes only an indirect cause or instrument to achieve the end. For instance, in 1700 Shaka year, the poet Mahipati aspired to write the lives of saints. Saints inspired him and got the work done. So, also in 1800 Shaka year, Tasganu's service was accepted. The former wrote four works, Bhakta Vijaya, Santa Vijaya, Bhakta Leelamrit and Santa Kathamrit, while the latter wrote two. Bhakta Leelamrit and Santa Kathamrit, in which the lives of modern saints were described. In chapters 31, 32, 33 of Bhakta Leelamrit and in chapter 57 of Santa Kathamrit, the sweet life and teachings of Sai Baba are very well depicted. These have been separately published in Sai Leela magazine, numbers 11 and 12, volume 17. The readers are advised to read these chapters. So also Sai Baba's wonderful leelas are described in a small decent book named 
श्री साईनाथ भजनमाला बाय मिसेस सावित्री बाई रघुनाथ तेंदुलकर ऑफ बांड्रा दासगणु महाराज हैज ऑल्सो कंपोज्ड वेरियस स्वीट पोएम्स ऑन साई बाबा अ डिपोटी नेम्ड अमिदास भावनी मेहता हैज ऑल्सो पब्लिश्ड सम स्टोरीज ऑफ श्री बाबा इन गुजराती सम नंबर्स ऑफ साईनाथ प्रभा अ मैगजीन पब्लिश्ड बाय दक्षिण भिक्षा संस्था ऑफ शिरडी आर ऑल्सो पब्लिश्ड then the question of objection comes in that while so many works regarding sai baba are extant why should this satcharitra be written and where is its necessity the answer is plain and simple the life of sai baba is as wide and deep as the infinite ocean and all can dive deep into the same and take out precious gems of knowledge and bhakti and distribute them to the aspiring public the stories parables and teachings of sai baba are very wonderful they will give peace and happiness to the people who are afflicted with sorrows and heavily loaded with miseries of this worldly existence and also bestow knowledge and wisdom both in the worldly and in spiritual domains if these teachings of sai baba which are as interesting and instructive as the vedic lore are listened to and meditated upon the devotees will get what they long for namely union with brahman mastery in eightfold yoga bliss of meditation etc so i thought that i should call these stories together and that would be my best upasana this collection would be most delightful to those simple souls whose eyes were not blessed with sai baba's darshana so i set about collecting sai baba's teachings and expressions the outcome of his boundless and natural self realization it was sai baba who inspired me in this matter in fact i surrendered my ego at his feet and thought that my path was clear and that he would make me quite happy here and in the next world i could not myself ask sai baba to give me permission for this work so i requested mr madhav rao deshpande alias shama baba's most intimate devotee to speak to him for me he pleaded for my cause and said to sai baba this anna sahib wishes to write your biography don't say that you are a poor begging fakir and there is no necessity to write it but if you agree and help him he will write or rather your feet grace will accomplish the work without your consent and blessing nothing can be done successfully when sai baba heard this request he was moved and blessed me by giving his udi sacred ashes and placing his boon bestowing hand on my head said let him make a collection of stories and experiences keep notes and memos i will help him he is only an outward instrument i should write myself my autobiography and satisfy the wishes of my devotees he should get rid of his ego place or surrender it at my feet he who acts like this in life him i help the most what of my life stories I serve him in his house in all possible ways when his ego is completely annihilated and there is left no trace of it 
I myself shall enter into him and shall myself write my own life. Hearing my stories and teachings will create faith in devotees' hearts and they will easily get self-realization and bliss. Let there be no insistence on establishing one's own view, no attempt to refute others' opinions, no discussions of pros and cons of any subject. The word discussion put me in mind of my promise to explain the story of my getting the title of Himadpant and now I begin to relate the same. I was on close friendly terms with Kaka Sahib Dikshit and Nana Sahib Chandurkar. They pressed me to go to Shiridi and have Baba's Darshana and I promised them to do so. But something in the interval turned up which prevented me from going to Shiridi. The son of a friend of mine at Lonavla fell ill. My friend tried all possible means physical and spiritual but the fever would not abate. At length he got his guru to sit by the bedside of his son but this too was of no avail. Hearing this, I thought, what was the utility of the Guru if he could not save my friend's son? If the Guru can't do anything for us, why should I go to Shiridi at all? Thinking in this way, I postponed my Shiridi trip. But the inevitable must happen and it happened in my case as follows. Mr. Nana Sahib Chandorkar, who was a Prant officer, was going on tour to Basim. From Thana, he came to Dadar and was waiting for a train bound for Basim. In the meanwhile, a Bandra local turned up. He sat in it and came to Bandra and sent for me and took me to task for putting off my Shiriri trip. Nana's argument for my Shiriri trip was convincing and delightful. And so I decided to start for Shiriri the same night. I packed up my luggage and started for Shiriri. I planned to go to Dadar and there to catch the train for Manmad and so I booked myself for Dadar and sat in the train. While the train was to start, a Mumedian came hastily to my compartment and seeing all my paraphernalia, asked me where I was bound to. I told him my plan. He then suggested that I should straight go to Bodhibandar and not get down at Dadar for the Manmad male did not get down at Dadar at all. If this little miracle or Leela had not happened, I would not have reached Shiridi next day as settled and many doubts would have assailed me. But that was not to be. As fortune favoured me, I reached Shiridi the next day before 9 or 10 am. Mr. Bhau Sahib Kaka Dikshit was waiting for me there. This was in 1910 AD, when there was only one place, namely Satheswada, for lodging pilgrim devotees. After alighting from the Tonga, I was anxious to have darshana, when the great devotee Tatya Sahib Nulkar returned from the masjid and said that Sai Baba was at the corner of the Wada and that I should get the preliminary darshana and then after bath see him at leisure. Hearing this, I ran and prostrated before Baba, and then my joy knew no bounds. I found more than what Nana Chandurkar had told me. All my senses were satisfied and I forgot thirst and hunger. The moment I touched Sai Baba's feet, I began a new lease of life. I felt 
myself much obliged to those who spurred and helped me to get the darshana and i considered them as my real relatives and i cannot repay their debt i only remember them and prostrate mentally before them the peculiarity of sai baba's darshana as i found it is that by his darshana our thoughts are changed the force of previous actions is abated and gradually non attachment of dispassion towards worldly objects grows up it is by the merit of actions in many past births that such darshana is got and if you only see sai baba really all the world becomes or assumes the form of sai baba hot discussion on the first day of my arrival in shirdi there was a discussion between me and bala saheb bhate regarding the necessity of a guru i contended why should we lose our freedom and submit to others when we have to do our duty why a guru is necessary one must try his best and save himself what can the guru do to a man who does nothing but sleeps indolently thus i pleaded free will while mr bhate took up the other side namely destiny and said whatever is bound to happen must happen even great men have failed man proposes one way but god disposes the other contrary way brush aside your cleverness pride or egoism won't help you this discussion with all its pros and cons went on for an hour or so and as usual no decision was arrived at we had to stop the discussion ultimately as we were exhausted the net result of this was that i lost my peace of mind and found that unless there is a strong body consciousness and egoism there would be no discussion in other words it is egoism which breeds discussion then we went to masjid with others baba asked kaka sahib dikshit the following what was going on in the sathes wada what was the discussion about and staring at me baba further added what did this himat pant say hearing these words i was much surprised The masjid was at a considerable distance from Sadeh's wada, where I was staying and where the discussion was going on. How could Baba know our discussion unless he be omnipresent and in a ruler of us all? Significant and prophetic title. I began to think why Sai Baba should call me by the name Hemad Pant. This word is a corrupt form of Hemadri Pant. This Himadri Pant was a well-known minister of the kings Mahadev and Ramadev of Devagiri of the Yadav dynasty. He was very learned, good-natured, and the author of good works such as Chaturvarga Chintamani, dealing with spiritual subjects, and Raj Prashasti. He invented and started new methods of accounts and was the originator of the Modi Marathi shorthand script. but i was quite the opposite an ignoramus and of dull mediocre intellect so i could not understand why the name or title was conferred upon me but thinking seriously upon it i thought that the title was a dart to destroy my ego so that i should always remain meek and humble it was also a compliment paid to me for the cleverness in the discussion 
Looking to the future history, we think that Baba's word calling Mr. Dhabolkar by the name He Madri Pant was significant and prophetic, as we find that he looked after the management of Sai Sansthan very intelligently, kept nicely all accounts, and was also the author of such a good work, Sai Satcharitra, which deals with such important spiritual subjects as Jnana, Bhakti, and dispassion. self surrender and self realization about the necessity of a guru himat panthas left no note no memo about what baba said regarding this subject but kaka sahib dikshit has published his notes regarding this matter next day after himat pants meeting with sai baba kaka sahib went to baba and asked whether he should leave shirdi baba said yes Then someone asked Baba where to go. Baba said high up. Then the man said how is the way? Baba said there are many ways leading there. There is one way also from here. The way is difficult. There are tigers and wolves in the jungles on the way. I Kaka Sahib asked but Baba what if we take a guide with us? Baba answered then there is no difficulty. The guide will take you straight to your destination avoiding wolves tigers and ditches etc on the way If there be no guide there is the danger of your being lost in the jungles or falling into the ditches Mr Dhabolkar was present on this occasion and he thought that this was the answer baba gave to the question whether guru was a necessity and he thereupon took the hint that no discussion of the problem Whether man is free or bound is of any use in spiritual matters, but that on the contrary, real Paramatma is possible only as the result of the teachings of the Guru, as is illustrated in this chapter of the original work in the instances of great avatars like Rama and Krishna, who had to submit themselves to their gurus, Vasistha and Sandipani respectively, for getting self-realization. and the only virtues necessary for such progress are faith and patience bodu shri sai peace be to all